Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's pleased with its performance. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Oh, he's back. Trey is back. I have to to apologize for my despicable behavior last week <laughs> it was i'm glad you apologized that yeah, you know yeah it got out I of ex- hand i accept it ryan do you accept it yeah we'll see he needs to bring his a game though today all, all right. right we'll see listeners let yeah, trey know at it. three at three newman on twitter if, if you accept his <laughs> apology after this episode um but trey we're gonna put you right back to work here what was your first takeaway from uh from week nine yeah i gotta start with the number one team in the nation and uh outdoor cocktail party world's largest outdoor cocktail party georgia florida because florida their struggles kind of continue this season and they just cannot get richardson or jones going granted i know this game they're going against the one of the best defenses we've ever seen but uh and they were in they were in a three nothing dogfight late in the first half when georgia just uh, exploded they they got a strip fumble led to a touchdown interception touchdown the next touchdown pass the next play then a pick six right before the half they scored three times in about two minutes and they were saying that no one had scored that quick since 2015 so over five years uh they just exploded all and it was crazy you know because i watched georgia and i still have moments where i worry about them like the defense is incredible uh but the offense has these occasional lulls but but then they show these bursts and then i'm like okay they're good again I'm, i'm not too worried but uh I'm really just curious to see how they they fold in JT Daniels as he kind of gets healthy and comes back. It'll be interesting to see if that accelerates the offense or if it kind of provides any hiccups. Yeah, it is weird because he's he could have played, right? Like he was healthy enough to play, but they are for now at least sticking with Stenson Bennett. So I'll be interested to see how Kirby Smart handles that. But I think right now he's Bennett is playing great. Like statistically, he's he's having a great year. Um but Maybe Daniels gives you more upside, and it, yeah. let's just say this: if if he sticks with Stetson Bennett the whole time and it doesn't work out, he's going to face some heat for that. But yeah, we'll see what happens. It's they're <laughs> they're doing okay without uh, without Daniels right now. Uh, my first takeaway is that if the season ended today, I think Kenneth Walker would be your Heisman for Michigan State, and their head coach Mel Tucker might be your Coach of the Year. So. This weekend, Walker had 23 carries, 197 yards, and five touchdowns in the 37-33 win over Michigan. One of the best games of the year. Just great comeback from Michigan State. Um, questionable no-call maybe on uh, that that fourth down on Michigan's second-to-last drive. But, uh, you know, that was one play. Questionable. It's questionable. Yeah. and uh, But it doesn't matter. Michigan State got the win. They're 8-0. Their Vegas win total before the year was 4.5 just that's yeah, crazy crazy they've been living on the edge but they're winning mm-hmm. i'm jelly uh all right going to ohio state penn state game hey penn state showed up um like they usually do against the buckeyes um it took ohio state almost until halftime uh before they finally reached the end zone which you know rare occurrence for them um and then the, right away their defense followed up with a touchdown of their own with a scoop and score from jared cage that you know, that was a huge, huge one. Without that scoop and score, eh, who knows? Maybe Penn State wins the game. That's one of the um, the longer big guy touchdowns yeah. you'll ever yeah, see. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it is. It was. It was deep. 
but you know, Michael and I were kind of talking about this last week. Uh, yes, Ohio State, you know, they've kind of been dominating game teams up for the last what it was like five weeks or so. Um, but it was lesser opponents, you know, and I guess a solid opponent here, it, well, you know, it wasn't as easy. CJ Stroud did have a good game. That's what we we're kind of worried about. Okay, can CJ Stroud have a good game against a solid D? And he actually did have a good game. Um, but their defense was a little shaky. Kind of struggled against the pass. Um, you know, I still think they're the best team in the conference, but they're not like head and shoulders. You know, this is not a foregone conclusion. Ohio State's winning it this year. So it's, they're, you know, I, I thought they would do maybe even a little better. They're, the spread was what on this game? It was like 18? Yeah. You know, it was big. So maybe a little too uh, high expectations after beating up on lesser opponents. That's fair. All right. My next takeaway was TCU Kansas State game and not, of course, necessarily the game. Because um, I'll raise my hand. I was bullish on TCU this year. But even the the TCU detractors didn't see this train wreck of a season coming. Uh, Kansas State dominated the Frogs thirty one to twelve, and TCU just kind of seemed to to give up. and And it obviously led to this weekend Gary Patterson and and TCU agreeing to part ways after his great twenty year run or whatever. Um, and it's just kind of bad juju in the program. Uh, rumors that their you know their prize recruit a, a year or two ago Zach Evans isn't maybe the happiest and it's literally the, as worse of a season as TCU fans could have imagined. And, but you know, that aside, no matter where you land on Patterson, it, it's really a shame that his tenure kind of had to end like this. Yeah. He's, he's a legend there. They've, they've got a statue of him already. And I understand why they, you didn't expect them to, to do this mid season when, whenever it ended, but, uh, I kind of understand why they did it. Just, of course, the Texas Tech job is open now, so maybe they want to get a leg up on some candidates too. But yeah, it is it is unfortunate it had to end this way. Yeah, I mean, it's just think about where they were before he was the head coach. I mean, uh, he, yeah. in the 90s, what were they, the Conference USA were they in? I can't even remember what they were in the 90s. They've That's bounced so around, but it's amazing how I much mean, they've improved. Yeah, right? I mean, he's just taken that program to new heights, and he is TCU. He'll be forever remembered as the guy that kind of brought TCU up. So even though it ends bad, it's just like, hey, it's okay. He went for so long and had so much success that that's all he'll be remembered for. Yeah, for sure. And now he still wants to coach. Uh, apparently, I think Bruce Feldman reported that. So it'll be interesting to see which oh, wow. uh, G5 program uh, wants to hire him. But that's for another day. By the way, speaking of G5 programs hiring former P5 head coaches, uh, Georgia Southern, <laughs> apparently has hired clay helton to be their next head coach so they'll be interesting in, in all likelihood going away from the option obviously um what do you guys think about that uh, good for him <laughs> i hope, yeah. it, I I hope it works hire. out i think a picture told a thousand words yeah. there and this is an audio only <laughs> podcast but you can probably imagine the faces they were making and yeah. you know i agree you never know how how a hire is going to work out but not not the choice i would have made personally no but uh, my next takeaway, Wake Forest is the ACC's last realistic hope for a playoff team, just like we all we all thought before the year. So they uh -huh. moved to 8-0 with a, an easy win over Duke, and Pitt lost at home to a Miami team who's actually had a nice past couple they're, weeks. With, they're better now. Yeah, yeah, they are. Tyler Van Dyke, uh, freshman quarterback, playing well, yeah. so good for them. But but yeah, it's, it's Wake Forest, and even them, unfortunately, even they, unfortunately, will need some some help because they ranked ninth in these initial playoff rankings and they don't really have any more the, chances for super high quality schedule's wins. Be terrible yeah it's uh they'll need some help even if they go undefeated yep hey 
they won't really care if they go undefeated. Well, maybe they'll care a little bit. <laughs> they might care a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> it would but, still be a know. great season. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, I'm going to go to all Ole Miss and Auburn. Uh, this was um, kind of unfortunate for Matt Corral, I guess, early, but he got hurt early in that game, and then it looked like a pretty bad sprained ankle. Uh, so the backup came in for a while. Um, but somehow Corral managed to come back and played and gave his team a shot. Um, I just didn't think he'd have a chance to do it. He had two bad ankles at that point. So, um, but Auburn was just, they were just too good for him. Uh, Bo Nix had another good game. Tank Bigsby had a, had a big day on the ground. No surprise there. And the Auburn defense had a few sacks and, uh, was constantly in the backfield. So, I mean, they were, they were just good. Auburn is playing well. They're now three and one, uh, in the SEC with their only loss against Georgia. So, they're undefeated in the West, three and zero. I mean, it's it's kind of weird how they're right there now within the West. They have a legit about as good a shot as anybody to win it. Yeah, I did not expect that before the season, and it sucks for Ole Miss. They've they've had a lot of injuries on offense that are just kind of piling yeah. up there, especially at receiver. Yep, and QB Corral probably is playing one hundred percent, man. Yep. All right, my final takeaway is Utah. And Kyle Whittingham. I mean, I was already in on Whittingham, but I'm even more in on him now. Like, no matter what happens or how much turnover that program has, he seems to get Utah to play well, especially as the season goes on. Like, people kind of wrote them off uh, after a couple early losses, but but look at them now. They're finding their stride. They all but clinched the Pac-12 South after beating UCLA 44-24 this weekend. You know, because you look at the Pac-12, we've talked about before how it's kind of musical chairs, but in the South, you know, before the season, we, we talked a little bit about USC, uh, UCLA at the start after they beat LSU, then it was Arizona State, but what do you know? The Utes have now beat all of them, and the others seem to have spiraled. Not bringing in a ton of talent, but somehow he just churns out good it's, teams. It's, it's crazy. It, right? It, just take it for granted almost. Like, it's he's got a good run. All right, my final takeaway is that uh, Dave Aranda might be making his case for the LSU job. He, of course, isn't as splashy or or maybe as proven as some of the top candidates, but he was great as their defensive coordinator and now has Baylor 7-1 and in the top 15. They beat Texas 31-24. to His defense is playing great. They shut down B. John Robinson in this game. And on offense, you know, his second crack at hiring an offensive coordinator turned out well with, with Jeff Grimes. Um, so... You know, I'll be interested to see if if you know Jimbo and James Franklin and all those big names uh, don't come to fruition. If Dave Aranda will get a look, yeah, I would like, especially bring along the offensive coordinator, and boom, uh, and I'd be happy. I guess if I was an LSU fan, sure. All right, my last one: SMU Houston. This was a crazy game. Uh, really, the <laughs> the ending was insane. So, um, the, the the game, the the play of the game. I'll just go right to the end. So, um. SMU scored um, to tie the game and they had to kick it off to Houston with about 30 seconds left on the clock. Um, so, you know, SMU, man, just make a tackle on the kickoff. No. 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Just housed it um, to put Houston up by seven. Of course, that's what they ended up winning by. So it was, I mean, for such a huge game to end like that, that is uh, that was pretty cool. Now, if you're a Houston fan, but SMU's defense really let them down here. They they gave up nearly 500 yards of offense, over 400 through the air uh, by Clayton Toon. Um, and, you know, and Houston's defense did enough. They they weren't amazing, but they did enough to kind of pressure Mordecai. They had three sacks, which is one more than SMU had given up all year. Um, so 
Yeah, and right now Houston's they're about a near lock to make the AAC title. Um, yeah. Not not 100%, but like pretty much. Uh, so the patience by Hogo, the first couple of years, it was <laughs> looked a little. This was the year it needed to start panning out, and it's panning out. And so, the schedule yeah. really worked out for him this year too. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to our segment. Uh, it is we got a question from from Joel, one of our patrons that I answered in our Patreon episode last week. So if you really want to hear my answer, which I'm sure you do, you can sign up <laughs> oh, for yeah. our Patreon at patreon.com slash college football bros. But Ryan and Trey, you know, you guys are just we're not good. The premium version is my answer, but we'll, right. we'll we'll let we'll let the general public hear your answers here. So the question is, what is your dream realistic playoff this year? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, all right, so I got to include Georgia. You, you can't not include Georgia, and I'd like to see them. Um, Georgia, Cincinnati. I want to see a G5 team make it. Uh, Wake Forest. Just, you know, they go undefeated when yeah. the ACC. And my last one would be Sparty. Those four teams, like, I got four that I really would not, I don't care who wins. Like, I would be happy for any of them. I'd prefer one of those the latter groups but even if georgia won it like they they haven't won forever so I'm, i'd be cool with them even though they're a big bad power five sec team they haven't won forever so i mean that i'd feel good going to that playoff like oh i'm gonna be happy on january <laughs> 11 or whatever it is i like i like the way you went about it because you went about like kind of the sentimental route where there's like you went with the teams that would be would be fun new blood to see i was kind of more yeah. of like what matchups do i really want to see so i i of course had georgia um, I have Ohio State in there. I have Cincinnati and Oklahoma. Um, I didn't include Bama because I don't really want to see. I don't need to see a rematch because I'm assuming they're going to play Georgia. Um, and I and the the reason I put Oklahoma, I had Oklahoma fourth, and I said I want to see Georgia's defense go up against OU's offense because they do look a little bit better with Caleb Williams going. There's still a lot of season left, but as of right now, the Oklahoma offense is more fun with him than than Rattler. And then Ohio State Cincinnati matchup would be fun just because we'd get to see a G five yeah. team in. Yeah, it's an in state game. That would be great. That's it, true. That'd be it, fun it would to be a, a lot of fun to see what, to, and it would be great to see what a G five team like Cincinnati could actually do in a, in a scenario like this. That would be awesome to see. And, and then potentially sets up you know, who knows what happens, but potentially seeing Georgia's defense go up against Ohio state's offense in a, in a national mm-hmm. championship would be really entertaining. So I think those are some good choices there. Um, all right, before we get to our, our week 10 picks, just want to let the listeners know we are going to have a YouTube episode coming out in the next day or two where we look at the first committee rankings and just pick out the, the most overrated and underrated teams. So go ahead and check that out at youtube.com slash college football bros and subscribe while you're there. That helps us out. Uh, okay, week 10. We'll start with it's this is one of the weakest slates that I remember just kind yeah. of <laughs> this first game's good but after that it's like mm. yeah there's not a lot of huge marquee games but it's a college football Saturday there's 50 games or whatever there's going to be some really fun games so first yeah. one Auburn at Texas A&M A&M is favored four what do you think Ryan yeah well this one I'm excited about because both teams are definitely still alive in that SEC West battle now that especially since Bama looks human uh and beat them so um and then the iron bowl who knows what's gonna happen that's in uh auburn so that'll be a fun one too but anywho back to this game um you know 
this is so huge. Just A&M would be essentially eliminated with a loss, and Auburn actually technically would still have a shot. But both these teams have just been – they're pretty – close and is in my eyes it's as far as like their quarterbacks kind of struggled early on they're playing better now their teams are playing better now good defense solid offense uh, yeah auburn's offense probably a little better but i really like the ground game from a&m that's why i'm gonna go with a&m i think their ground game is gonna be kind of the difference maker here um and at home that's gonna be a tough one so i'll take a&m yeah i mean i i think the aggies have turned a corner with that alabama win but they've played two weak SEC teams since that game, so I'm not 100% bought in yet. So I'm going to take the points with Auburn and kind of make the Aggies prove it to me uh, because we've talked about Auburn is a pleasant surprise this year. They've been playing inspired lately. They seem to be really having fun together uh, under Harson right now, and they got back-to-back wins against ranked foes, Arkansas and Ole Miss, playing with confidence. And and even if their defense, or sorry, if their offense doesn't do a ton. They do have a strong defense that could slow down the rejuvenated Aggies offense. Okay, I'll I'll go the other way from you, Trey. I'll take A and M. I think their run defense can slow down Bigsby and Hunter, and and then if it you know relies on on Bo Nix, I don't I still don't trust. I know he's been better this year than previous years, yeah. but on the road against a really good defense, uh, I don't I don't want to pick him there. So A and M's my pick. All right, moving on to our next game. We got undefeated Wake Forest traveling to in-state rival for a ACC non-conference matchup, North Carolina. North Carolina's favored two and a half. Yeah, another one of those unranked teams favored over a top 10. I wouldn't be excited team. about that if I was a fan. Which, the, the what do you mean? conference yeah, like scheduling an ACC, a fellow ACC team for a non-conference. Yeah, like, you want more on, of a unique an, matchup. It's an, I want a but it's an matchup. in-state. They, they're, they're trying to go head-to-head there. Um, yeah. But but last year, this game was a shootout. The Tar Heels won 59-53. Probably not going to match that, but I do see a higher Maybe. scoring game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, obviously, I would take the under <laughs> yeah. 120. Well, that's what but, my point is. Like, yeah, 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 it wouldn't shock me, but I'm going to take the under on that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is going to be higher scoring, or at least it should be. A lot of firepower, because those defenses for both of them uh, leave a, a little bit to be desired. Uh, but I'm going to give the points with the Tar Heels. Wake, they're in uncharted territory now. First time ever they've been in the top 10. Uh, they haven't won at North Carolina since 2006. We know Wake is a bit fortunate to be unbeaten at this point. They've they've skated by in a few, but I still root for them. I, I love watching them and Hartman and... Uh, but uh, I think Sam Howell and the Tar Heels can outscore him here. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, wait, did you say Sam Hartman in the Tar Heels? I think you did. Oh, oh I meant to say Sam Hartman at Wake <laughs> against Sam Howell in North Sam Carolina. Sam. Yeah, so Sam, yeah. uh, maybe yeah. you didn't. I don't know. My brain was was already trying to think of what I was going to say, and then and then it was like Michael. I think Trey just said Hartman in North Carolina. So apologies uh, uh, if I'm easy, wrong, but we'll check easy the tape. Yeah, yeah the listeners will. know. Either way. Uh, what I was going to say is one of my biggest frustrations in college football is people overvaluing results in determining how good a team is. Like for resume rankings or, or playoff rankings, results are, are all that should matter. But for betting purposes, it's it's more than just wins and losses. So Because I feel like a lot of people would look at this spread and say, "How? why is North Carolina favored? Yeah, undefeated versus yeah, yeah, but four losses. Yeah, The betting market is telling us that these two teams are about equal. Even though yeah. you know, UNC has a few more losses, but anyway, just wanted to bring that up. But this one is is tough to pick. Definitely going to be high scoring game. Two terrible defenses, great offenses. I'm going to take North Car or yeah, North Carolina. Kind of a similar similar reason as Trey. This is 
Wake's toughest opponent so far this year. Just kind of, like you said, uncharted territory. Maybe this is finally where they slip up. I'm going to go the other way. I, I'm, you know, uh, Wake Forest just, just seems like a team of destiny this year. And I think Dave Clawson, just no matter who he's going up against, great coach. I think he's got the coaching edge on this one. Sam Hartman's been playing fantastic lately, like lights out. And running so, the ball a lot. Yeah, I, I just think that they're even hitting on. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. On <laughs> no, my brain, my brain heard Sam Howell. My brain. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Michael needs was, to take an L on this matchup. I, I was talking about Sam Howell when I was no, talking, talking about, about running. Sam H. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah. The, well, the others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just, go on. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I, I'm going to go. I, both defenses are terrible. We can just give that a given. But I'm going to go with the offense that I trust more. And that's Sam Hartman and Wake. I'm not messing up here, Mike. I'm good. You're just the one that's <laughs> yeah, <keeps> I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, Wake Forest, it is for me. All right, Sam, I am. Okay, moving on. Michael, clean slate here. Well, you can lead us off here. We're going to talk about Michigan okay. State. Michigan State's favorite three at Purdue. Okay. All right. I really think <laughs> clean slate. Peyton, Peyton Manning and this Michigan State offense oh playing well. <laughs> oh gosh. So the way 2021 is gone, this this feels like a game where Michigan State just got this big win and they're on top of the world, and now they're gonna have a disappointing loss to Purdue. So I've kind of my brain is already leaning that way. And Michigan State's past defense hasn't been good overall this year. We saw what Cade McNamara and Michigan were just able to do. So I'm sure Aiden O'Connell and David Bell are going to be able to have some success against this Michigan State defense. And the, the other big factor is Jalen Naylor. He, he was in a cast uh, yeah, midway through that game positive. against Michigan. So I'm thinking he's not going to play. We'll see. He's questionable as of right now. So that, that would make the Michigan State offense, I think, significantly easier to defend when you've only got the, the one great receiver there. So I'll say Purdue either keeps this one closer or maybe pulls off the upset. I agree. I'm taking Purdue. Um, of course, we saw them play last week against Nebraska, and I was impressed with Aiden O'Connell. He was, he was money. Uh, it, Nebraska has a decent defense, and they just couldn't stop him. Uh, they were just kind of Aiden was O'Connell was too precise. Uh, so I think I don't see why that Michigan State's defense, like you said, can be a little leaky through the air. Uh, this one's in West Lafayette. Purdue's playing well. I'm taking Purdue. It does seem like a perfect spot to take Purdue, but I just. I don't know if Purdue is as good as their record indicates. I mean, O'Connell can be turnover prone. We saw that in that Nebraska game, they had a 7% win expectancy uh, in the post game. So they're so I don't good. Know. They only won with a 7%. And the week before, wow. they got trucked by Wisconsin. So I think Sparty can win the matchup on both sides of the ball. And I think they'll keep their improbable year going. All right. Okay. Uh, we've got Oregon at Washington. Oregon is favored seven. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, well, UW, man, they they have played five straight one possession games, uh, so it's been a, it's been a tight one. Um, on the flip side, you know, the only three teams um, Oregon has beat by more than one score are Stony Brook, Colorado, and Arizona. So they they don't any team that's decent, they just do not beat handily. Um, actually, Arizona was kind of even in that game in the fourth it was. quarter. So. Yep. So you know they're just not they're just not dominating folks this year. Um, I know they they did it last week. But that was Colorado, right? So, and UW's not bad. Uh, you know they've they've had some freshmen step up lately on that defense, give them a little lift. They had all freshmen last last game counted for their three sacks um, against Stanford. I know the offense stinks, but you know they don't have to be amazing. Um, the defense will keep them in it. I think they'll keep it close. Seven to me is 
I'm, I'm comfortable with that. So I'll, I'll take those seven points with uh, UW and Seattle. I agree, Ryan. I'm going to take the points also. Like the Huskies aren't great this year, but like you said, the Oregon doesn't run away and hide from from teams. And the Huskies, they're coming home after two road victories. It's a night game against their big, one of their biggest rivals. And we also got to keep in mind one of the Ducks' best offensive players, Johnny Johnson III, is out for the first half of this game. He had a targeting, which is weird. You don't really see the offensive guy have that. Um, but yeah, you, you hit that, that nail on the head about the Husky offense isn't that great, but I think their defense finds a way to kind of muck these games up and keep it close. Yep. So Ducks might win, but it'll be close. I have nothing to add. I agree with you guys. I'm, I'm taking Washington. Moving on right. to, uh, we've got four games here where there's some, some really big favorites. And my question for you guys is which of these big favorites could you see being in a one score game? in the fourth quarter now some of these spreads are different than others but yeah <laughs> missouri at georgia georgia's favorite 38 i'm guessing that's not going to be your choice crazy get the pick tulsa at cincinnati cincinnati uh bearcats favored 22 and a half ohio state at nebraska buckeyes only 14 and a half point favorites and then the last one lsu at bama bama's favored 28 and a half all right well i'll say yeah that's an interesting interesting duo here yeah I'm going to say the Tulsa against Cincinnati. They Tulsa's had a disappointing year, but they went down to the wire against Oklahoma State earlier in the year. They made Ohio State sweat a little bit. Uh, Davis Brin, their quarterback, is kind of he's kind of all or nothing. So maybe you get a good day out of him. Cincinnati, their last two games, they led at halftime, 14 to 12 and 13 to 10 against Tulane and Navy. So they're not always instantly blowing teams out. Yeah, if they had, they played. Uh... It was Tulane this past week, right? Yep. Yeah, they. they I remember they. Ritter almost threw Who? a pick. Oh, Cincy. Yeah, yeah Cincy. Sorry. Ritter almost threw a pick in the end zone. I think in that fourth quarter that really would have changed the game, and it was just dropped. So, yeah, that was <laughs> a little, little too close for comfort. Uh, I'm going Ohio State, Nebraska, though. Just you know, it's the smallest spread, so kind of a, a yeah weak pick, but. Nebraska always loses close games, so I, I don't <laughs> yeah. ex- at all expect yeah. them to win. But I, I definitely could potentially count on them to to keep it close and lose it. And uh, there, one of our patrons again, Joel, who had the the question earlier, getting a lot of shout outs in this episode. He uh, he posted someone's link on Twitter that that showed the top ten uh, teams in terms of yeah. net yards per play. So your yards per oh, play offense yeah. minus your yards per play allowed. Nebraska was, I think seventh or something like tied with Alabama. It's just the team is Makes no sense. Good. But then all those factors that don't go into the advanced stats, I guess they, they suck. <laughs> yeah. Like discipline. Yes. Penalties. Turnover. Yeah, no, it's, <sighs> it's an unreal. It's unreal. Uh, but I'm actually going to go with Michael. Just I, I'm, I'll take. I'm not Ohio playing Nebraska. this weekend. Just, oh, oh, you're you're agreeing with me. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, just like you said, they 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 actually have been playing teams tough, and they kind of play to the level of their competition. So you know, I, I don't. The Ohio State showed pedestrian signs last week against Penn State, who we kind of saw them not. You know, they're not amazing this year. So I don't think there's a reason why Nebraska can't so, somehow make it interesting late. Okay, none of us have uh, picked our locks of the week yet, so I guess that'll be no, coming here nope. in our yep. honorable mentions. Get us started, Ryan. All right, my first game here, I got Utah's favored seven and a half on the farm at Stanford. This one's being played on Friday. Utah's just one and three on the road when their only win came up came up against a pretty lifeless uh, USC squad. Um, 
Michael's team. Michael. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> uh, Stanford's lost three in a row, but they're keeping games close. So I'm going to take Stanford plus those seven and a half points. Um, next game, I got Baylor. They are favored six and a half at TCU. First game since 1998 where Gary Patterson won't be a part of the, the coaching staff. Um, but even though it didn't end uh, you know, the way they wanted, he just made such a great impact on them. So, uh, However, they're not playing well at all. TCU has just been getting beat pretty handily the last few weeks. I don't, like Michael said, there seems to be some, or was that Trey that said, there seems to be a little dissension in the program, kind of blah. So I'm actually going to take Baylor, and I'm going to make Baylor my lock of the week. And finally, I got Liberty is playing at Ole Miss. This is a, this is a fun game here. Uh, Ole Miss is favored 9.5. Liberty had a pretty inexplicable loss to Louisiana Monroe a few weeks ago, but they're looking pretty sharp again, and I think they're going to play well in this one to keep it close. As Michael mentioned, Ole Miss is kind of suffering some for some injuries. Corral, I really don't think, is going to be 100%, so they might try to be conservative with him. Um, and Malik Willis, Liberty's quarterback, he's not going to be intimidated. He's been in these big moments, so I will take um, Liberty plus than 9.5. Two frees, okay. going back home. That's right. My first game, Oklahoma State minus three at West Virginia. West Virginia has been in within one score in all but one game this year, so they've played a lot of close games. Their defense you know, may not be as good as last year or nearly as good, but it's still very solid. And Daigie's actually having a better year than I thought when I look at his stats here. So I'm going to take the Mountaineers to get the cover. Clemson minus four at Louisville. I like Louisville here. I think Malik Cunningham can carry the offense to a, to a few scoring drives, kind of use that impro- improvisational ability with his legs. And, you know, I'd kind of written off Louisville's defense after that first game against Ole Miss. I thought, oh, here we go again. Louis- Louisville's defense sucks. And they've, they've had a tough schedule. They've had to play Ole Miss, like I mentioned, a healthy UCF, Wake Forest, Virginia. So the raw numbers don't look great. But when you adjust for opponent, their defense has actually been decent this year. So... Um, I don't, I'm not sure Clemson's going to suddenly uh, emerge with a great offense against them. So I'm going to make Louisville my lock. UTSA, minus 11.5 at UTEP. Weirdly a big game in the West Division of, of Conference USA. UTEP is, is not as good as their 6-2 and two record, but their defense has been pretty good this year. Second in Conference USA in both rushing and passing success rate allowed. I think their defense can keep them in this game and get a cover. All right. I got Texas at Iowa State. Iowa State's favorite 6.5. Kind of difficult uh, game here because it's hard to gauge both teams' mental states. Texas, they've lost three straight, uh, and it seems like that OU game kind of may have scarred them. Iowa State looked like they kind of had found their footing. Then they gave up 38 in the the loss at West Virginia last week. But I am going to take the Cyclones. Uh, could be tough for Casey Thompson going against going against a strong defense. Night game. Everyone in Ames still wants to beat the Horns. And they have a little more to play for since they're still alive to get in the Big 12 title game. I just had a a Michael moment. I feel like Trey said Ohio State at West Virginia. (laughs) In my head, I heard Ohio State. Like, Ohio State gave up 38 to West Virginia? Wow. Tennessee. I'm wrong, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Thank you. (laughs) Tennessee at Kentucky. Kentucky is favored one. Kentucky didn't look good against Mississippi State. Levis couldn't do anything. He was picked off three times, but most of that was because they were trailing and really needed to throw. 
This game still means a lot to Kentucky fans. Tennessee isn't great against the run, which favors the Wildcats. I expect Kentucky to establish the ground game with Rodriguez and control the clock. I'll pick Kentucky to stop their little slide, and I'm going to make them my lock of the week. And then finally, I've got NC State, only a two and a half point favorite at Florida State. The Knowles have been playing much better lately, but they're still a little hard for me to, to trust. I'm going to rely on NC State here. They have a top 15 defense that is capable of slowing Jordan Travis. Devin Leary has been outstanding, 21 to 2 touchdown to interception ratio. They had a fourth quarter eruption last week against Louisville, and I think that carries forward this week to go four, to 4 and 1 in ACC play. All right, that does it for our week 10 picks. Let's close out this episode with a questionable finish. With three minutes left in the game against Georgia, Florida kept their streak alive of consecutive games without getting shut out. It now stands at 418. What's a silver lining you found in a bad loss? Uh, I just had one recently. My uh, I coach a high school basketball team, and we lost in an exhibition game in overtime last weekend. And I'm glad we did. My guys aren't nearly as good as they think they are. They, they, just, they have such inflated egos, especially a couple of guys. It's like, you're not that good, man. Wow. You're really not. Wow. Really, I know colleges are calling for you. Wow. That's, that sounds like yeah. a Saban mentality there. Like, get a loss just, to get I their just, attention. I, you know, come on, man. Have a little, be a little humble. You know, humble yourself a bit. And they need it. All right. Uh, this one's an easy one for me. It happened this year with USC getting blown out at home against Stanford because... It led to the firing of Clay Helton. That's really for the past like two or three years, every loss, I'm like, well, at least it makes Clay Helton getting fired a little bit yes. more likely. Yeah. Finally, it was it happened. Finally, one was right. I felt yes. that way with Scott Frost. Oh, boy. Oh, well, I'm not there yet. All right. Um, if it's a blowout loss, I end up seeing kind of a freshman or sophomore get in and they end up showing something and gives me unreasonable hope for the future because even though they're doing it against the other team's backups i just find a way to buy into it there you go sean tucker of syracuse became the first player this season to reach 1,000 rushing yards name another player who's having a great season but doesn't get the credit they deserve because of the team they're on i'm gonna say jareth stearns western kentucky wide receiver Good one We've talked about how much we like the quarterback Bailey Zappi on this podcast, but Stern doesn't really get any love. He leads the nation in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Yeah, that, that is a good one. Maybe I am maybe I didn't really fulfill the spirit of the question because I'm going another receiver. <laughs> I'm going Homer, Drake London, wide receiver for you. Hey, that was going to be mine. Oh, really? Because yeah. he does get talked about by college football fans, but maybe just kind of a casual fan. Not the way he should. Yeah, because he... He's one of the best players in college football. He really, yeah. you know, if, if you are going by the spirit of most outstanding player, he should have been a candidate for the Heisman. Why not? It, of course, he was insanely good. But uh, he, we're saying was because he got injured. Yeah, he got injured. Is out for the year, unfortunately. But uh, he's only power five receiver with a thousand yards as of right now. Just a beast after the catch, really carrying that USC offense. I get why, you know, he's not on a good team. So those are never Heisman it's candidates. It's crazy too because other teams like they knew he was the guy and he still dominated. I know. Yeah, that we're all. It's a perfect uh, segue to mine. David Bell for okay. Purdue, uh, another receiver. We have three receivers here, but he's averaging over 100 yards per game. And it's just like with Drake London, Mike, what Trey said. They he's like really their biggest and main, by far their main threat. Yet people still can't stop him. He had a huge game a couple weeks back. Uh, I think it was against Iowa. 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 Yeah, he just, yeah. He just was like awesome and just 
took down number two Iowa almost by himself. He was awesome. So um, he, he's he's been awesome for them. All right, let's get to our upset specials. Got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I'm taking UTEP. I talked about them earlier. Uh, this is going to be the biggest game in El Paso since the Mike Price era. I'm sure the motivation factor is going to be through the roof. Maybe their their solid defense can shut down. Did they have a bigger game than this in the Mike Price era? Did they have a bigger game than this? I bet that they mm-hmm. had games as big as this because they were they were better. They, they were better than they are right now in the Mike Price era. Like right now, yeah. their record's good, but they're not as good as they were in the early day. You know, 2003, 2004. And this game's going to be on ESPN two at night. It's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah, it's a big game. It's a big game. It is. I'm going to take Georgia Tech. They're getting 10 against Miami. I really do like the way Miami is playing with Tyler Van Dyke, but they just play a ton of close games. A lot of people are patting them on the back after their win at Pitt. Maybe they're getting a little ahead of themselves. And the Yellow Jackets, they're not where they want to be, but Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs are are capable. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Um, all right. Well, I hit mine last week, boys. I had Navy. Good work. Well done. Uh, that, was, that was nice. Um, I'm going to go with Stanford this week. They're getting seven and a half and they're hosting Utah. Again, like I said, Utah's just not, not quite the same team on the road as they are, uh, in Salt Lake city and then Stanford plays close. Um, so I think they could probably give them a, give them a game. So Stanford on the, on the farm. All right. I'm just going back and looking back at UTEP right now. So Mike Price took over in 2004, he took over a team that had gone two and nine, two and 10, two and 11, and he went eight and four. That's pretty crazy. They were in the top 25 is, at one point. He was only there one year? What did he no, no, there? that was just his first year. I was like, what? Oh, I was like, what? He was there for a little yeah, while. Yeah, no, he was there for was 10 years records? or something. Well, his following records, uh, eight and four. Do you really want me to keep going? It doesn't get... I do. <laughs> five Go. and seven, four and eight. the podcast. Four and eight, five and seven, four and eight, six and seven, five and seven, three and nine. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, Start so out so well. It's debatable whether there was a game oh, as big can, as this But one. they were a top 25 team in uh, 2004 and 2005. Yeah. I remember they, not even they hosted close to that Texas right one year. They hosted Texas? Wow. Mm. Was yeah, it, one year they, they hosted them. That was a big deal. I don't remember that. That's They must have lost. Yeah, they did, but they still got them wow. to go there. Okay, now you can finish up the, the podcast. Okay, sorry about that. I'm just really deep diving <laughs> into uh, UTEP right now. I was trying to find some the big miners. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode of... <laughs> the college football bros uh, again remember to check out our youtube channel for uh, the playoff ranking episode coming out soon also leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts. it's been a while our egos are, are you know taking a little hit because Damn. of that and no it really does yeah. help us out though because it, it shoots us up higher in the rankings and that's how people find the show they go search college football in in apple podcasts and if we're get a lot of five-star reviews it pushes us up there so would appreciate that and we will talk to you next week you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros follow them on instagram at college football bros and for their commentary on saturdays follow them on twitter at cfb bros thanks for listening